let us know who you are and what exactly you do and if there's anywhere that people can follow you because uh, we want to get to know you first yeah uh i'm jason schwartz i uh, i host uh, trojans wrap up which is the usc football postgame call-in show and uh you, you can follow me on twitter at jason d schwartz which is s-c-h-w-a-r-t-z Cool. But you have to do that every time. You got to spell Schwartz every time. Yeah, I, most of the time I do. Sometimes <laughs> someone will spell it for me, and I'm, or I'll, I'll, I'll try to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, they can get it. They can get it. But no, usually that that C usually is, is it's tough. But I like you know I work for USC, so I like to say. You know, you ah, there you Schwartz go. That's the a good SC. time. It's a good time. <laughs> Exactly. All right, so USC, you guys started off 2-0, and um, wins against Rice and Stanford. Um, how are you guys feeling after the first two games of the season? I think the fan base and I think everybody around the program is feeling incredibly excited. I think uh, a lot of people, myself included, want to just take it a week at a time. It's a new program, a new staff. It's mostly a new team. And while there's a lot to be excited about, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes, uh, especially at USC when the expectations are so high, sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves when, when a season gets off to a really good start. So I think just given the newness, the freshness of everything, want to just kind of ride the wave and see where we go week after week. But after two weeks, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited uh, for sure. The team looks really good. Uh, the, the playmakers on offense, the offense just looks legit. Um, everything that Lincoln Riley and his staff have done since coming in on day one, uh, you know, they've, they've pushed all the right buttons. They've said all the right things. They've inspired a lot of confidence in what they can do. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of taking it week by week and, you know, just tempering expectations, but, but knowing deep down that, uh, you know, this is a team that looks like it, it could potentially do some special things. Yeah. There's a lot of talk that you guys could be in the playoff this year. Right? And you guys got past your curse of going to Stanford. So you guys got out of there with a win. So good for you guys. Um, <laughs> now, if you talked about the offense being probably, the, the biggest strength on this team. I think a lot of people would would uh, argue the same. What what players should should all fans know the name of on USC? You know, I think the the, the top few guys are guys that, that most fans should already probably already know their names. I mean, it starts with Caleb Williams, a quarterback. Um, he, he was a highly touted freshman last year at Oklahoma, played well as a freshman, um, highly anticipated recruit following Lincoln out to USC. And what he's done the first two games, I mean, he looks legit. Um, I think he was third uh, as far as odds go preseason for the Heisman. And um, you know, he's totally backed that up the first two games. Just looks like a, a tremendous, tremendous young quarterback, um, a good leader. And uh, a dual threat quarterback, too, a guy who can get it done with his arm and with his legs. Uh, the other guy is Jordan Addison, who transferred over from Pitt. He's the Bolitnikoff Award winner last year. He was the best wide receiver in college football last year, um, according to the, the voters of that award. 
Uh, he looks like a legit playmaker. He came out to USC, I think, to to be with a quarterback like Caleb Williams and to, to be under the spotlight at USC. And you know, first two games, um, he looks he looks like he's living up to the billing. And then, I mean, the the playmakers after that on offense. I mean, you, you look at a guy like Mario Williams. He came over from Oklahoma as well. Um, the receiving core is – there's just so many weapons on this offense, and it's been so much fun the first two weeks to see everyone kind of click, even though, you know, they, they kind of just all got thrown together. So many guys transferring in. It's a new system for many of them, and yet the offense just looks smooth. And, again, there's just so many weapons on the offense. What about on the defensive side of the football? Who should Fresno State fans kind of circle? Yeah, well, um, you know, the, the defense – I. I has had some playmakers as well. I think uh, through the first two games, we're, we're eight. Uh, I think our turnover ratio is eight to none. Um, so it's kind of been a bend, but don't break defense so far. They've given up some yards, but uh, they've been able to, to take the ball away. Kalen Bullock is a second-year defensive back. He's a safety. Um, he had a 96-yard interception return for a touchdown in the first game of the season. Uh, he's legit. He was a freshman All-American last year. Shane Lee, inside linebacker, transferred over from Alabama, had a tremendous uh, first game against Rice. Um, he, he's a, a team captain and a guy who's, who's new to the program, but already a leader on the team and a leader on the defense. Um, and then, again, kind of like the offense. You know, they're, they're just a number of players who, who stand out, even though the results, you know, may not be exactly what they've hoped for overall on the defensive side through the first two games. You look at a guy like Eric Gentry, he transferred from Arizona State. He's a linebacker. Uh, Makai Blackman had a, a great game against Stanford. Another transfer came over from Colorado. Uh, Corey Foreman, who was the number one recruit in the country last year, uh, edge rusher. I mean, he's someone who hasn't really lived up to his potential or the expectation yet, but He's someone who certainly, you know, USC fans are really hoping that, that one of these games he's just going to pop and, um, you know, he's going to start his uh, his great career at USC. So a lot of playmakers and a lot of names on the defense as well. Oh, good. That only, like, you know, terrifies me a little bit that, you know, it doesn't sound like <laughs> doesn't sound like there's a weakness on this team. Would you say that it's pretty well-rounded or would you have an area that you think the Trojans kind of lack? No, it's hard to say right now. I mean, after only two games, I think definitely after two games, like I said, you know, the people are a little bit concerned about what they've seen from the defense. Um, you know, there's there's no doubt that there's skill there. Um, there are playmakers there. Maybe maybe the defense is just a little bit behind the offense in terms of learning a, a new scheme and a new system. Uh, so, so we'll see. You know, the, the goal is that with the offense being as good as it is, you know, there, there's some time this season for the defense to gel and defense to kind of figure it all out um but uh maybe depth you know uh, there's certainly when you when you when you put it when you have so many guys transfer out so many guys transfer in a new staff you know depth may be a slight issue especially uh, on the defensive line but um yeah i i don't know that you know just yet you can pinpoint any one particular area and say this is a weakness other than the fact that you know the, the defense seems to be behind the offense at this point in two games. Mm -hmm. So where do you see USC taking advantage of Fresno State, whether that be offense or defense side of the ball? Yeah, I'm not 
I'm not, you know, I know that USC is, is, is concerned with Fresno State's passing attack. Um, and again, you know, you look at the, the game with Stanford over the weekend, while USC was able to, to turn Stanford over a bunch, and Stanford had 21 first downs in the first half. Uh, they ended up with, I think, about 440 yards of total offense. So, you know, I, I think that the fact that USC is, is definitely looking at it and showing a lot of respect early this week to Fresno State's passing attack, I think that, uh, you know, there's certainly an opportunity there for, for Fresno State to move the football. But, um, you know, again, for USC, I, I think it just comes down to just continuing to do what they do on offense. I mean, when you have that many playmates, you can run the ball. I mean, it didn't even mention the, the, the running backs. They've got Travis Guy, who transferred from Oregon, Austin Jones, a transfer from Stanford. The two of them look, look very good. Relief Brown is a freshman who's got a ton of playmaking ability. Um, he's a little bit banged up after week one. So we didn't see him as much week two, but uh, I think for USC, you know, if, if you're an opponent, whether you're Fresno State or anybody, it's, it's the offense you really have to worry about. And uh, through two weeks, it's hard to imagine a, a defense out there, maybe outside of a, you know, a, a number one Georgia SEC school or, or Alabama. Uh, it's hard to imagine a defense out there that can really stop this attack when you have so many playmakers. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it's sounding like. Uh, I mean, if you're now now flip it, if you're Fresno State, how do you think they can come and attack and catch USC off guard or get, take advantage of the Trojans? I, I think really it's just a matter of whether the you know first of all don't turn the ball or protect the football. I mean, if Stanford if Stanford protects the football, it's a it's a wildly different game last Saturday. Um, I don't know. I, how much of the game you saw or how much you followed, but Stanford, they turned the ball over three times in the first half inside USC's 10 yard line. I mean, they were knocking on the door. So you imagine things go a little bit differently down on the goal line. And all of a sudden you're looking at, uh, you know, instead of 35, 14 at halftime, you're looking at potentially Stanford being up 28, 21 or, or, you know, 35, 28. And, you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a shootout and who knows what happens in the second half. So I think for Fresno state, um, you know, got to protect the football, don't turn it over and then, you know, see if you can see if you can exploit a defense that, that doesn't seem to be uh, clicking just yet at this early stage in the season. Mm-hmm. I agree. That that would be my bet. That would be my thoughts. And that's the way I would go about it. Uh, Jason, can you give game day predictions? I sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, everyone that does play by no play, one's we... ever asked for my game day predictions, but I, I, I can absolutely give them. I and I don't and I don't do play by play for USC, so you know it's uh, it's all good. Right. I just had to make sure since you're since you're doing post game and uh, and pre game stuff. All right, let's hear it. What what do you think the the final score will be for this game. Uh, well, it's funny. My, my, uh, my co-host on Trojans wrap-up, uh, Sua Cravens, former USC uh, defensive back and former NFL defensive back. Uh, we have a little segment every week. He, he's been really good at predicting the scores so far. Um, I think I'm trying to remember exactly what his score was. But I, now that I can't remember, I, I'm glad because I want this to be my own. <laughs> I don't want to write. Uh, I, I'm looking at I, – I mean – you know, I think USC, um, I mean, I'm looking like 45-24 for USC. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, I'm playing the dog. You got it. There it is. 45. 45, 20. You got it. We'll hold you to that, Jason. What about you guys? Give me yours. Man, after after we just lost to the buzzer. After we lost to the buzzer to Oregon State, man, I'm I am so I am so skeptical of this game. But I mean the dogs had a really good offense. Uh so if if you were giving up I think we have better offense than Stanford. So if Stanford was um sorry, Caleb, I know you're a Stanford guy. But, uh, no, uh, I'm a bulldog guy first. No. <laughs> <laughs> um if we can get the ball in the red zone, we had problems scoring last week, so we can't kick field goals. We gotta score touchdowns. But I think this is I think your 45-24 is probably pretty darn close. I would I would go I'll go 48-31 USC. 17 points. That's a good uh, one. I'm gonna go 41-38. Close game. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to go oh. SC. But I, as much as I want to say dogs. Are I'm we looking go. are we looking are, is that is that like a last second field goal to win it or or does Fresno State score like a a garbage time touchdown to make it a to make it closer than it than it's yeah gar- garbage time touchdown we go for the onside kick and we we don't get it okay okay right. like well that. us usc is a 12 and a half point favorites so okay we, so should... we cover we cover with your score caleb oh, you know what they say good teams and not, good teams win great teams cover. let me tell you not yeah. only would you cover with that score you would also uh incite uh induce some some serious panic Within the the USC fan base, is, the Tro- Trojan Nation, the Trojan family, is is it an expectation that you guys win the Pac-12? Like, is that the expectation, or is the expectation like a national championship? Like, what's where are you guys standing at right now? Yeah, and that's a really hard question to answer because I think you know one of the obviously the, the last great era at USC was under Pete Carroll, and and Pete's thing was every year was. You know, our, we win the Pac-10 slash Pac-12 and, and win the Rose Bowl. You know, that, that was his, his goal every year. And, um, you know, I think, I think it, it makes sense in some ways because there, you know, when it comes to the national championship, of course, there are some things that are out of your control with the way the system has been set up um, over the last couple of decades. It's a little bit different now with playoff, I guess, but USC hasn't been in the playoff. Look, there are a ton of USC fans out there who would say that their expectation as USC is to win a national championship. I mean, realistically, can you say every year that the expectation is to win a national championship? No. So I think, I think definitely USC feels like they should be winning the Pac-12 every single year. But just overall, if you are a – the USC fan base overall believes – that every year the expectation should be to win a national championship for sure. And any year that they're not in the conversation, that's a disappointing year for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's been a disappointing 20 years then. Just kidding. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. 20. That's 20, 20 is a long time. I mean, you know, no, just... you, 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 well, no, I'm saying USC's won two national championships in the last 20 years, but we're, we're creeping closer to that mm-hmm. 20 year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you guys had, you had a coach O interim and he did okay, but then you got rid of him and then you brought in the coaches after that. I feel like you've kind of had a hodgepodge of guys who USC has been, I don't want to say average pack 12, but there's been years that you guys have missed out on some bowl games. Uh, so, I mean, I, but Lincoln Riley's there now, we haven't talked about him. So I'll ask about him next, but like, yeah. I feel like the expectations gotta be just like 
sky high, you know. I mean, the expectation is now national championship. It's not, not no more five and seven or six and six. Oh years yeah, until, yeah. Until, until oh no, done. no doubt. I mean, you know, the last the last decade or so, you know, while there have been some you know some some seasons of success sprinkled in there, like winning the Rose Bowl back in in twenty sixteen with, with Sam Darnold. Uh, there's no doubt that this last decade has been extremely disappointing on many different levels. And, you know, Lincoln Riley, you know, last year, USC fired Clay Helton after the second game of the season, and they spent the entire season in a coaching search. And so, you know, that's what we talked about all season last year was who's going to come coach USC, who would come coach USC. And obviously there were a lot of names thrown out there. And I think the fact that they went out and spent the resources to get Lincoln Riley and that Lincoln Riley wanted to come here just shows that everybody was on the same page that national championships are the expectation. They're not going to get Lincoln Riley to come to USC if they're not trying to compete for national championships. And Lincoln Riley's not coming to USC if he doesn't believe that he can compete for national championships here. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how shocked were you when Lincoln Riley came to USC? Was that like a shocking thing for the fan base? Kind of, because it was just, you know, it wasn't really on anybody's radar. Yeah. Um, it certainly wasn't on ours. And like I said, you know, we, we'd spent all season, every week it felt like, you know, we had a, uh, you know, we were taking the temperature on all these different names. Okay, yeah. you know, is it going to be Luke Fickle? Is it going to be Matt Campbell? Is it going to be David Shaw? You know, like there were just so many different yeah. names or, Urban Meyer, is he going to come out of retirement? Uh, all of that. So, you know, with all, you know, with all of that, Lincoln Riley, he, his name didn't really come up. Yeah. And I think it just, you know, I think people felt like, why, why would he leave Oklahoma? Why would he leave the situation he's in? So, yeah, yeah when, when it was announced, it definitely was surprising. Um, but it was also it just, it, it made a lot. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you're, you, you know, USC believes that it's, you know, the number one spot for a college head coach to come succeed. And so, um, you know, when it happened, I think it was just universally praised. I mean, how often is there a hire or a big decision made like that in sports where just everybody is, is like, this is, this is a home run. You know, there, there wasn't a single negative thing to say about it. And I, I think, I think everybody you know, just collectively at once is like, oh man, they really yeah. got this guy. Let's go, you know, like, it, let, let's go. We're, we're ready. It, it was, to me, it reminded me of the biggest like move in teams and sports since Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors. Like that, I had the same reaction when KD signed with the Warriors. Then I, I, cause I looked at KD and I was like, oh my gosh, I like jumped up out of my seat. Like when I heard Lincoln Riley was going to USC, I had to read it like four times. I was like, am I reading? Is like something wrong with my eyeballs? Like, is Lincoln Riley really going to USC? Like, that's crazy. And then you hear all the money he got. And then yeah. Oklahoma gets pissed off. Like, it'll, it'll be a fun documentary or ESPN 30 for 30 when the story is done. But I'm excited to have the dogs be one of the first uh, first matchups. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Well, I, I said I said to you last year, and, you know, obviously as, as the host of the, the post-game call-in show, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of frustrated fans who, who call up <laughs> mm-hmm. over the last few years. And, you know, a lot of people wanted to criticize the administration at USC um, and, and the athletic director, Mike Bone, for hanging with Clay Helton a, a little bit too long or, um, you know, and, and there, you know, a lot of USC fans out there say, oh, you know, these people don't care enough 
about football. They, they have priorities elsewhere, whatever. And it was crazy because when Mike Bone made his hire and hired Lincoln Riley, I thought to myself, how many other times can you come up with a situation where, you know what, Mike Bone did his job and he did it perfectly. Like everybody here is in agreement that this is the best guy and the right guy for them to bring in. Now it's on Lincoln and his staff to get it done. But I, I firmly believe that even if, you know, in, for, for whatever reason, it's some great tragedy, the, the Lincoln-Riley era at USC doesn't work out, no one's going to go back and look at the people who decided to bring him on and say, oh, this is on them, you know, that we're holding them accountable. They made the wrong call. Like, this, this, was, a, this was a huge move, a huge decision, just universally praised. And I think that it will forever be, no matter how things turn out over the next few years. He went out and could not have made a better hire. So, um, you know, how often do you see things like that in sports? I mean, you yeah. see a new head coach hired, a manager, a general manager, um, whatever, you know, or, or a trade that gets made. It's not often you have a situation where um, it's really, uh, you know, there's no, there's no criticism there. Yeah. So there's really no criticism from, for the Lincoln Riley hire, what has been the response to the Trojans going to the Big Ten? You know, super mixed, um, and it, it's that's a weird one for me. Uh, I grew up in LA. I'm a huge Pac-12 guy. Always have been. Um, you know, I have so many of my friends, family members who went to UCLA. Um, Oregon, Stanford, Washington, um, those rivalries, you know, that the league for me, like runs very deep. So, you know, personally, I, I have very mixed feelings. On it. Um, I think overall, from, from what I gathered, just from just the fan base in general, people seem to be really excited about it. And I think the reason they're excited about it is because Pac-12, is just not in a, in, a, in a great place right now, obviously, in the, in the landscape of, of college football. Over the last 10 years, the conference has definitely fallen behind the SEC. It's definitely fallen behind the Big Ten. And that, that has hurt USC a bit. Um, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, it, it's hard for the Pac-12. You know, if you're, if you're a Pac-12 team with, without an undefeated record, right? It's hard to crack the college football playoff. Like mm -hmm. It just is. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of fans are looking at the marquee matchups that are going to be coming up. Oh, USC is going to play Ohio State. USC is going to play Michigan. USC is going to play Penn State. Uh, they look at you know, the primetime game, just the attention that the Big Ten garners. And I think there's a lot of reason to be excited there. Uh, obviously, the money is a huge factor. And, and is, is going to be a difference maker for USC and UCLA as well. Well, so, Jason. You know, it, it's, it's mixed, but, but I think a lot of fans were really excited about it. I mean, I'm personally a little curious to see how it all plays out. If it ultimately ends up being an advantage for USC, um, it's going to be a lot of tough travel, not only for football, but for all the other sports as well. I'm a big USC basketball guy, and I think, you know, SC is in a golden era of basketball right now. Yeah. Being in a Big Ten for basketball, it's going to be going to be tough too. So we'll see how it all plays out. But it's definitely kind of mixed. Well, Jason, you talk to your people at the Pac-12, and when you and US, UCLA uh, move, put in a good word for Fresno State that we can join, <laughs> and then you can jump on the bandwagon and dislike all the other Pac-12 teams with us, you know? 
I mean, yeah. yeah. So they they talked about like, oh, oh, San Diego State could join the Pac-12. I haven't heard. Have they mentioned Fresno State with the Pac-12 at all? Is that there? There talks about that. In, I mean, in there's Bulldog talks, um, but when you talk to people in the athletic department or maybe who are maybe a little bit more familiar. I think the farther and farther away, it seems more of like a dream than any kind of reality. Now, San Diego State, I think there's a lot there's a lot of smoke coming from that way. So when there's smoke, there's fire. But Fresno State, I think, is more of a hopeful wish. Uh, We need to have a lot more money. We have a need to have uh, an improvement in academics because I'm sure Cal and Stanford would want not would not want our academics even (laughs) remotely close to theirs. Um, So I think there's some there's some work that they would want us to do. Uh, prior to the real conversation of Fresno joining the Pac-12. But if you ask a Bulldog fan, I think you'd get a 100% response, yes, we should join the Pac-12. When you oh, ask sure. people who are uh, who are around the program, I think they know it's more of a long shot at this point. Like, like, if, like if six teams left the Pac-12, I think Fresno State is definitely a top six team on the western side of the country where we would want to be asked to be in. But if four leave, I'm not sure if we are. We might be five or six. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my, my thought process, but we'll have to see how it all goes out. And I know a lot of Bulldog fans would love to play Washington, Washington state, Arizona, Utah. I yeah. Mean, so mm-hmm. my, look, my dream, ultimately my personal dream for college football is that at some point, you know, they, they come up, they, they come up with a system where it's all equitable and the, the regions make sense and mm-hmm. you're, you're playing those regional rivalries. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it just kind of, it just feels like the, the TV money and you know, the conference money has kind of taken control over the sport at the moment. And, uh, um, you know, I feel like college football, you know, going back to the BCS and you know, now the CFP, like it's always kind of been imperfect. It's a beautiful game, but it's always kind of been imperfect. And I, I dream one day of a, a college football system where it all makes sense. Well, I was told that uh, the state of California is having some problem on the power grid. And, you know, it's all about TV money. But the second that California can't watch TV, we'll have those regional games back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, be a good, good, good day for the radio broadcasters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like myself. <laughs> yeah, your pregame show is, or your postgame show is going to be wild that day. <laughs> Uh, who does USC uh, dislike the most? I know you guys have a lot of rivals. Who is the most hated? Oh man, it's it's one and one A. Uh, I guess I should say one and A when it comes to to UCLA and Notre Dame. Um, I mean that's it. You know UCLA is uh, is the crosstown rival. They're the neighbors. Um, you know so often players who play for both teams or guys who, you know, know each other from somewhere in California, they played against each other in high school, or, you know, maybe someone was recruited by USC um, or by UCLA, but not by USC. And they got a chip on their shoulder. You know, it's the crosstown rivalry. So it really divides the city. Um, So that that's, that's the, the, the local rival for sure. And then Notre Dame of course is, is the national rival. I mean, they've, they've, played each other for so many years so many decades uh they're both national powerhouses um you know they've, they've both won their fair share of national titles so um you know it's it's definitely ucla and notre dame at the top and then of course you know stanford is is usc's oldest rival i mean they they've played each other more games than, than anybody else um going way 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 back 
and uh, and you know, and of course, uh, I think you can go through some of the pack twelve schools and and pick some pick some rivals uh, during certain eras. But it's UCLA and Notre Dame, one hundred percent. Is there one that you dislike the most, personally? Oh no! Well, yes, uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Oh man. You know, it's funny, I'll, I'll admit this, and I probably shouldn't, but I actually grew up a huge UCLA fan. Uh, oh. My mom went to UCLA, and so, you know, I didn't grow up with that, like, deep hatred for, for UCLA, obviously. It was quite the opposite. Um, and then, I, you know, I, I, was, I very quickly switched allegiances once I went to USC, but um, I just didn't grow up with that hatred for Notre Dame either. So, you know, while I've, I've learned to hate them, rightfully so at this point, <laughs> Uh, you know, I would, I would pick UCLA and then I would go Stanford. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had, uh, I, I've been personally hurt by Stanford during my, my time as a USC fan. So, oh no. <laughs> um, I would go, I would go, I would go Stanford. Yeah. I think it was like what in 20, it was 2007, like the greatest upset in college football history at that time when Stanford came in and beat us. Is that, I don't know where they were like 30 point underdogs or something. Yeah, um, I remember that, that, that knocked us out of the national championship game that year. That was on my birthday. That was when I was, that was when I was, I should, that, I should say that was when I was, I was a student at USC during that time. So uh, uh, yeah, nice. it was made, made for a, made for a, a somber party after the game that night. Well, hopefully you were at least 21 so you can legally just go drink away your sorrows, you know, <laughs> I wasn't, but uh, you know, they my work. secrets, but that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Last thing for me, what's your favorite thing about LA? You know, and you're not going to get a whole lot of love from Fresno people about LA, so you're going to have uh, to. Oh man, you're going to have to work this one. My favorite thing about LA, just my favorite thing about LA, just in general. That is, that's a tough question. Where to begin? I mean, <laughs> or maybe I'm some LA fa- born your favorite places, places I'm or LA, thing, if that's easier. I'm LA born and raised. So I, I, I think if I can give you two of, two of my, the top things about LA. One, I mean, I think the state of California in general, but LA also, we just have, I mean, tremendous access to the outdoors. Um, you, you can be up on a 10,000 foot peak in the morning and then, uh, you know, on, on a 10,000 foot snowy peak in the morning and drive a couple hours and then be at the beach all within LA County. You know, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing and a very unique thing about LA and I, I love the outdoors. So uh, that's one. And then two, we just have, I mean, the culture here, so many like great cultural pockets um, where, you know, so many awesome neighborhoods, people look at LA and I think the, the overall, uh, vibe, you know, that, that, that the media wants to portray, especially in sports, you know, oh, LA is Hollywood and the glitz and glam and all that. But, you know, LA has got so many unique neighborhoods. It has something for everybody here. And I think that that is, uh, you know, something that, that sets it apart from many other places for sure. So a lot of Bulldog fans are making a trip down there. Where, where should they go to check out if they're uh, getting there early? Maybe like some okay. place to eat. Place to eat. Yeah. Uh, man, a place to eat. Shoot, I didn't know you guys were gonna be putting on the spot like this. I mean, <laughs> where are they? Where are they gonna be? You know, like there, there, there's so many. I mean, ah, uh, 
let's see. Well, I mean, come down to Santa Monica. Uh, come check out the beach. Check out the ocean. You know, I know you guys are a bit landlocked up there in Fresno, uh, Central Valley. I don't know the, the nearest beach to, to you guys in the Central Valley, but favorite lake. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, you guys are close to Yosemite, though. So that's that's lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come down. Come down to Santa Monica. Come walk along the beach. Uh, come up to Palisades Park. Uh, just check everything out up here. And then um, if you're looking for a place to eat out in Santa Monica, there's a, a there's a deli. It's this Italian deli called uh, Bay Cities. And they they make some really good Italian sandwiches. There's one called the Godmother, mm. uh, and it's uh, it'll it'll treat you right for sure. Dude, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, say I'm hungry now. What time is tell it? Him, <laughs> tell him, Jason. Tell him, tell him, Jason sent you. All right, I got you. And they'll have absolute. They'll look at you like you're an idiot. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is anything else uh, on this football team that you think we should know, Jason? Uh, anything else on the football team that I think yeah, you that guys you, should know? That you don't think we covered? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't really think so. I mean, I think it's just, uh, I think, I think just, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a fun group of playmakers, especially on the offensive side. Um, you know, I think Caleb Williams has looked legit and, um, you know, obviously I know, you know, Fresno state fans are, are going to be coming into the Coliseum or watching this game, hoping for, for an upset on uh, on Saturday, but uh, you know, from the looks of things and the way this offense is played, I think just um, you know, just it, it, enjoy watching some guys who I, I think you know potentially can go on to do to do big big things to the next level. And, and you know, this through two games looks like potentially a, it could be a, you know maybe the best offense in college football right now. Uh, this year so you know just uh enjoy a good opportunity to to go up against a team that that looks really legit and, and see how you guys uh see how you guys fare yeah you got more can you ask for a great opportunity yeah there it is <laughs> you got anything else michael uh no man jason i appreciate your time i hope you guys go 11 and 1 and then go win the Pac-12 championship, <laughs> and then you lose to Fresno State. You go win the national championship, and then Fresno State could say, "Well, at least we beat you guys." You know, I yeah, hope that's know, I, that's my goal. I will say this: I feel like you know this this game's early enough in the season where where if that that were to somehow happen, if 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 you do believe in miracles and and miracles <laughs> happen on Saturday night at the Collie, I, I think I think it's early enough in the season where if we ran the table afterwards, we we might be able to overcome it. And, and get into the football, college football playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be too mad at you guys for leaning our, our, our national title. Hey, you know what? If Fresno State goes like 12-1, and one, right? I mean, that doesn't look like a bad loss. <laughs> Just saying, you know, we finished like number tw- 12 in the country. That doesn't look bad, you know? Don't, don't you guys love, like, I love how this is just how we talk in college football, right? After two weeks, it's like, yeah, we're just going to, we're just going to, we're just, yeah, we're, we're, we have one law. We're just going to go 12 and one. We'll be fine. We'll be good. That's how, I mean, that's, that, you, we, we made that mistake last year at USC because, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, there's, there's high expectations going into every year when you're at SC and remember losing to Stanford that, that first game and, or that, that first loss to Stanford and 
Jackson Helton got fired right after, but we're talking like, hey, no, interim coach Dante Williams comes in and, yeah, if this team runs the table or, or gets to that Notre Dame game undefeated or, or you know, whatever it was, it's like, oh, my God, we ended up going four and eight. <laughs> <laughs> we did the same that, thing last that's year. How, that's how we were talking. That's, that's, what you, that's what you do in college football. You got to yes, love it. it. That's, what, that's what makes college football so great. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, okay. If you guys do win on Saturday, that means, you know, you guys are, are, are very legit. I stand by my, my 45, 24 prediction. I think, uh, I think USC improved to three. Well, sorry to say it for you, but, uh, but no matter what happens Saturday, I, I, I wish you guys nothing but the best the rest of the season. And I hope uh, after the loss, Saturday, you guys are able to regroup and, and, and run the table. Go hey, for it. We are too. <laughs> We're already <laughs> bracing for that. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much for your time and and uh, and all your insight. And uh, whenever you want to come on and talk uh, Fresno State football or USC, let me know. We're more than happy to have you on. Yeah, you know, I got to get to a Fresno State football game one of these days. It's never been. I drove through Fresno the other day and I was thinking about it because I knew you guys had that game coming up for the working state, but I've heard, heard good things about the experience up there. You guys do it right, I've heard. It's pretty fun. It's, you know, it's really cool. It's Fresno's got the small town feel, even though there's, you know, 600 people, 600,000 people here now, you know. Um, so it's got a cool experience and we've had a few sellouts the past couple seasons. So it's been a lot of fun. I would recommend it, you know. Uh, just come down, come down, watch us kick uh, you, you know, San Jose State's butt. We can kick San Diego State's butt this year. We can kick whoever's butt you want, except, you know, I guess Oregon State. So you just come on down, hang out with us. We'll go to Doghouse and get some good barbecue. Caleb's family has a winery. We can drink some wine, hang out, Ooh. watch some football. It sounds like a pretty good All Saturday right. to me, you know. Looking forward to it one of these days. Can't argue with that. <laughs> All right, Jason. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, you guys bet. It's been, uh, been a great time talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate, Appreciate it. You.